Hello and welcome to Automators, the automation podcast where we talk about grabbing your tech and making it do your bidding, uh, just like you wish cats would. And of course, you know, your tech. Uh, I am Rosemary Richard and joined as always by David Sparks. Hey, David, how are you? Good, but you you sent my mind down a little rabbit hole. It's like, what is more responsive, HomeKit or a cat? I mean, an average cat. <sighs> average cats are pretty responsive. It's just that they don't necessarily respond in the way that is intended. Um, like whereas HomeKit, home <laughs> well, HomeKit sometimes just seems to not do things. So I was ho- helping somebody, actually an iOS Today listener, um, uh, last week uh, on the show or just after the show. They are having issues where their husband, um, so they have presence automations in HomeKit. So when the first person arrives, when the last person leaves yeah. um, and, and so on. And those weren't working for their husband. Well, Only maybe for their he, husband. Maybe he's and just a non-person. Just like, yeah, maybe he's just Well, doesn't. that's just it. And so so they went through all the settings. They compared everything. Absolutely identical from person to person, phone to phone. Um, and they changed. So the way that they debug this, which, you know, it's one of those weird, weird things because it's presence, right? So you actually have to leave home to, yeah. to, to change it. Um, so they changed it to anyone leaves home um, and anyone arrives home. And then they went off on a little errand and then they came back and they sent their husband off on a little errand. And for them, the automation worked both times. For their husband, it did not. And that's how they were like, okay, so there's something wrong with that side of things, not my side of things. Like he's simultaneously always at home and never at home. That's based on the phone, right? It's detecting yeah. presence by your phone. Maybe did he have like a really old phone or something? No, no, nope, nope. brand new iPhone 15 Pro. And wow. this is the the crazy thing because it was working with the 14, um, or at least they thought it was. Um, uh, you know, it's it's difficult to go back and check when you've traded your device in. Um, but you know, it, as far as they were aware, it'd been working with the 14s. Um, and then they both got 15s, and for her it continued to work for him not so much. Um, and it's just you know, kind of crazy. Um, so I would vote that cats are more responsive than than HomeKit um, when the cat wants to be responsive. Um, HomeKit uh, will always give you a response, but that may not be what you want. <laughs> but like a cat, it may not give you much feedback either. That's the problem, right? This is true. This is true. Sometimes it'll just go, mm-hmm. And then, and, and it's that positive, mm-hmm, that the HomePod or, or Siri does. And you're like, okay, cool. But the light that I just asked you to turn on isn't on. And I don't know what you just think you did. (laughs) Well, if you're tuning in for the first time and you're still here, we are the automators. We like to talk about automation and different ways you can use it in your life. And uh, today we've got a very exciting topic because Apple released the new iPhone 15 Pro since the last time we recorded. And both Rose and I have been having a lot of fun with the action button. So Apple added a button to the phone that they call the action button. And by default, it's a, it's a silencer button, you know, just like the old ring silence uh, physical button used to have. Now it's a programmable button and Apple's got a bunch of options with it. Like a lot of people have immediately reprogrammed it. So it's their camera button. So if you push it, it gets you to your camera and you can take a picture really quick. Uh, and there's other things you can do with it. Like you can have it record a voice memo and there's a bunch of built-in features, but what Rose and I were both super interested in is you can make it run a shortcut. And I love it when Apple ties shortcuts to things, because then if you're an automator, you can make that button do way more than the default single functions. And we've been talking about it. We both got new iPhones and we've uh, we both got thoughts and ideas and and tips for getting the most out of the action button. We wanted to talk about that today. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just one of those things where to start with, you're like, oh my god, I could do so many things with this, and you start, you know, coming up with this weird, you know, a complicated, um, you know, set of scenarios. So, you know, if I'm at home and it's after sunset, but it's before bedtime, then when I press the action button, it should do this, and you start building, you know, this giant flowchart, um, and um, it it seems like a, a really good idea. And then and then you realize that you haven't actually done anything with this at all. Um, and you probably should. Um, so yeah, I started with really simple. I changed my action button to a shortcut. And I added a single action to that shortcut, toggle silent mode. So I was like, this way I'm running a shortcut 
So, you know, if I want to go change things, I can go change things and I can change them on any device and figure it out from there. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, I, I, I've got the action button doing something. Um, and then from there, um, I, I, I started branching out a little bit because I was like, you know, what, what, what do I want? from from my action button you know sometimes i do want to toggle silent sometimes i do want to you know choose a focus mode um but it kind of depends on context you know time of day definitely can come into it you know if i am at home having the option to trigger some home automations definitely useful when i'm not at home not so much don't want to add those in there um and and so on and so you know i i had to figure out you know what things do I really want to access the most? And one of the things I, I made a point of doing is reviewing my use of Control Center because I use Control Center quite a bit, um, unsurprisingly. Um, and, um, you know, especially when once you've customized it and added, you know, your own, the, the actions that you want, where you want them. Um, and so I had a look in there and went, huh, okay. So based on, you know, what, I, what I'm looking at here, um, I should probably add some of these as options. So I have choosing a focus mode. I've got toggling silent um, and uh, rotation lock. Um, and the Apple TV remote um, is in there as well because that's pretty useful um, as is scanning a QR code. And then I've also added some other options for like playing music where it'll pick, you know, like a particular playlist and play it. Um, but it picks a different playlist contextually depending on like time of day, focus mode, stuff like that. So I've really gone down a rabbit hole here, David. Uh, I don't know if one episode is going to be enough to talk about all of this, to be honest. <laughs> well, I, I do want to break it down because I think for folks following along at home, we need to we need to explain how we're doing these tricks. But the first question to be answered, and it's the thing you asked, is what is the context of the action button? Because you know, because you've got this action button here, and by default, it works all the time and does the same thing. Like if you set it to, to toggle uh, ring silence, it does that. Uh, if you set it to open the camera, it does that. Every time you press the button, it doesn't matter if you're in bed or out and about, it's going to do the same thing. And so what I'd like you to think about when you're programming your action button is context. What are the contexts that I want to detect and act upon? And Like for example, I'm using multiple contexts with my action button, and it sounds like roses too. Uh, for me, the first one would be, you know, is the phone face down or not? That's a context. Yeah, it's face down. That means something to me. Like I'm not going to be able to see the screen. So maybe there's something I do with the action button when it's face down that that I don't do when it's face up. Another basis of context for me is focus modes. Like Focus modes are very easy to set, and I'm a big fan of them, so I'm constantly working in different focus modes. Right now, I'm in my podcasting focus mode, which means most people in the world can't get a hold of me right now, and I'm not going to get a bunch of interruptions. But I can have my phone, when I trigger the action button, check to see what focus mode I'm in. And then, you know, that could lead to different actions as well. Rose was talking about time of day as a context. Mm -hmm. So... You could have it check for time of day. And we're going to break all these down, but I just kind of want to go over what they are first. Um, yeah. a, another one that Rose shared was location. Like if you're at a mm -hmm. specific location, that's a context as well. And so I think what you should think about as you're getting started on your action button journey is what are the contexts of your life that would make most sense to allow you to change what the action button does? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are so many things that you can do with this as well. So, you know, obviously you can check your location. You know, it could be a very simple binary. Am I at home? Am I not at home? Um, or it could be a more complex. Am I at home? Am I at work? Um, am I, you know, it, at this sort of general area, otherwise known as Disney, um, you know, and, and so on. Um, but you could also have, do I have a calendar event within the next hour as a, as a context? Because Sometimes, you know, some folks ha live lives by their calendar. Everything is in their calendar. Um, and, you know, if, if, if they're not checking their calendar, things are going to, you know, disappear and, and, you know, vanish into a very strange place. Um, and uh, other folks like me tend not to have all that many things in their calendar. So it's quite useful when I, you know, push my action button to consider, hey, you know, if there's a calendar event coming up that's in my calendar, that I should probably be reminded about this so that I actually know what's going on. Um, and, you know, it can maybe, you know, prompt me to prepare for it and so on. 
There's also other things like, you know, am I roaming? Um, you know, if you're if you're roaming with data, um, that that could be very useful. Um, if your phone is in silent mode or isn't in silent mode, that could be very useful um, to use as well. Um, and and all sorts of things. So yeah, another yeah. another good one is which Wi-Fi am I connected to? Like, yeah, if you wanted to do a simple context shift, you could say, well, if I'm on the work Wi-Fi make the action button do X. And if I'm on the home Wi-Fi, make the action button do Y. And then you can go beyond that. You can say, well, make the action button, give me a list of things I can do. And we're going to get through all of that. But I, what I wanted to start with was just this idea of understand that you have the power of making it contextually aware. And that's, that's a step above what you normally do. Right. I mean, like, Rose said yeah. when she first got her phone, she just turned it on where if you hold it down with a shortcut, it toggles silent mode. Um, she could have if she wanted, and you could too, and this could be where you ultimately land. You could have, there's a feature in shortcuts called choose from menu. And it's the easiest way to create a quick menu of things you can choose from. And so you could make a choose from menu with five options and say, anytime I hold the action button down, uh, let me pick. Uh, one would be to toggle silence. Another one would be to open the camera. The other one would be to do a voice memo. You hear what I'm doing all the stuff that you can already do with it, but I'm letting you pick every time you open the menu, but you could also add your own shortcuts too. And maybe the fourth one is text my location to my wife. Right. And so you could make a shortcut that is triggered by the action button that is not respecting. There's no context to it at all. It just, if you hold down the action button, it runs the choose from menu script and lets you pick one. And that's a very easy way to get more than one thing out of the action menu button. Now, the downside yeah. is you still got to pick, right? I mean, yeah. with the default action button, it just happens. If I hold down the button, the camera turns on or the silence gets toggled, but I don't get options to do other things. Uh, but with this, you get options to do other things, but you've got one more tap. You've got to pick which one you want to do. And that's kind of the nature of the beast. But that is a perfectly acceptable automator uh, way to handle the action button and say, well, you know what? I don't want to get too fancy with this. I don't want to think about locations. Um, but I would like to have the option to do more than one thing. In that case, I would recommend just create a new shortcut called action button. I call it my super action button shortcut because it makes me happy to say it's super and uh and just say choose from menu and then put all the stuff in there that you want like mm -hmm. maybe you know you can use all the default stuff if you want but you can also make your own custom ones and we talk about this on all the time on the show but no matter what it is you want to do on an iphone you pretty much can do it with a shortcut <laughs> i mean most most things are available to you you know you can make one turn on your lights we were joking earlier about HomeKit, but you could say, you know, make one of them turn on the lights at home or turn off mm -hmm. the lights or unlock the front door or whatever. And you can tie all of that to the action button with a simple choose from menu. It doesn't have to just be five. It could be 10 or 20. And then you could scroll through a long list. But don't put anything more than you absolutely want in there because the more you put in there, the easier it is to hit the wrong one or, you know, take longer to find the one you need. Yeah. One of the things I definitely recommend um, for things like this is... um consider carefully before adding things to the menu but to any kind of menu um and i'm going to talk about a, a little trick that i've got for for nicer menus uh in a bit but consider before you add things to a menu and also think where are my hands going to be in relation to this menu now the the action button is pretty high up on the left hand side of your phone but i'm i'm sure most folks um or a, a, a large number of folks will be like myself where they're pressing it with say um their second finger um of their hand um and so you know as you press and hold that um where is your your thumb because that's what most people end up tapping the screen with you know you're sort of pressing around the back of your phone and then where's my thumb is my thumb pretty high up or pretty low down um when i do this because if your thumb's going to be pretty low down, what you're going to want to do is put the options that you want the most at the bottom of the menu. If your thumb's going to be pretty high up, put the ones that you want most at the top of the menu. Um, and things like that, you know, it sounds very obvious um, as I'm saying it, I'm sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing a whole bunch of people are there rolling their eyes going, yeah, put it where you can touch it, obviously. But if you put 17 things in a menu and you have to scroll off the bottom of the screen to get to the three that you use the most, 
you're not going to be enjoying your use of the action button anywhere near as much as the person who adds two things there and and their thumbs pretty much always in the right place anyway. Um, so so do you have a little bit of a think about that? And also, if you're adding 17 actions to it, um, you know, definitely, we've talked about this a little bit before, use some kind of logging to figure out how often you're actually using each of those options. Because it's so tempting to just like fill the home screen of a 12.9 inch iPad Pro with shortcuts that are all color coded perfectly to match your exact needs. But if you don't ever end up using any of them, that's not a good use of your device. So yeah, uh, consider what you're going to add to any of these menus or actions uh, before you before you do it, because uh, it's definitely going to save you a little bit of, I don't, uh, crankiness is the wrong word, but, uh, you know, just jutteriness, you know, yeah, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's smooth when these things don't work um, or don't quite work the way you were expecting. And obviously while you're in the build and test phase, you know, things, things aren't going to be perfect. But one of my, my rules for anything like this, where it's like, it's like pre-baked onto the hardware and it's directly connected to something like that is if I have to drop this and walk away from it right now, it should still be usable and work in some way. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, that might involve just throwing in a stop shortcut action before you get to the really complicated bit of logic that you haven't quite figured out yet. Um, you know, if you have to drop it or something, but yeah, j- definitely think about, you know, you at three o'clock in the morning when you've just been woken up because, you know, there's a siren going off outside or something like that. And you, you press this and, can can you comprehend what's going on when you press this? Um, and yeah, that's 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 my my test at any rate. And on that note, in the choose from menu shortcut action, there is an option to sort. You can go in and edit that, and there's the little hamburgers, the little three horizontal lines. Three horizontal lines, yeah. Yes, I always mix horizontal and vertical. I, uh, for some reason, I have trouble tracking that. But three horizontal lines. You just drag them up and down. So you can, like, if there's one you want towards the bottom or the top, you can drag it. Now, but that, that's the um, that's the level one automator version of the action button shortcut. But uh, I was teasing you about context earlier. Um, so you can make a shortcut based on context, and you can do it on a single context or multiple contexts. So we're, we're going to mm-hmm. work our way up to multiple contexts. But uh, first, let's talk about a single context and whether it is location or focus mode or you know whatever you choose to choose as the the variable upon which you're choosing your buttons uh i i would um i would do this with an if statement um so like for instance in mine i just shared mine with you rose we'll put it in the a link to our action buttons in the uh in the notes for the show but i would um like just say uh you know, first I would call in the example I'm using of focus modes, I would say, you know, get current focus mode. That's an action in shortcuts. So it gets the current focus mode. And then I would have an if statement that says, if, you know, focus mode equals work, then, you know, then I can put in what it's going to do. And then they'll have a separate one that says, if focus mode equals personal, I'll have what it's going to do. And so all I do is I have a series of singular if statements underneath the you know, get action mode, and then I can start programming custom actions. Is that the best way to do it? I was thinking Rosemary may have a more clever way to do it, but that's the way I did it. Yeah, I mean, I would do that. But one of the things that I would definitely recommend for folks um, when they're doing a series of if statements, like, okay, if focus mode is driving, so get current focus mode, and then um, you you can tap on, uh, you can add an if statement, and then you tap on the focus mode, because think of the focus mode, it's like a book, okay, you want the title of the book, not the book itself, because, the, yeah. you know, the book is a concept and shortcuts doesn't necessarily know how to interpret that it usually does a pretty good job. It probably does with focus modes. But I always tap on it and make sure that I'm getting the name of the focus mode or the title of the thing if I'm trying trying to compare that. So yeah. if focus mode is driving and I press this, uh, driving is probably a bad example. Uh, so let's go with sleep. If focus mode is sleep and I press my action button. Um, so I've, I've got if focus, uh, you know, if focus mode is sleep, do my actions and I'll have a stop shortcut inside of the if. I won't have an otherwise. There's no otherwise. Um, and then end if. And then my next if statement, if focus mode is uh, work if focus mode is podcasting. And inside of each of those ifs, the last action is a stop shortcut, but I don't nest the ifs. Because what happens is when you nest the ifs, okay, you start with a a shortcut that takes up, say, the full width of the screen of your iPhone. 
Okay, or most of the screen of an iPad, um, all the screen of an iPad, width-wise, if it's in vertical uh, orientation portrait. If it's landscape, it'll have a menu over on the right side. Um, but once you start adding ifs, you start losing a little bit of space on the left every time. You add too many ifs, and you get something very, very, very yeah, skinny, it and weird. it's quite <laughs> difficult to, to read, and it's tricky to work with. So I would always recommend... Don't nest your ifs for something like this. Um, you know, I really wish the shortcuts uh, team could add a switch case where I could say, hey, if it's this, do these actions. Else, if it's this, do these actions. Else, if it's that, do these actions. You know, switch case, else, if, whatever it is. Um, but just a, a binary if and otherwise, it tends not to be so great. But the stop shortcut action is definitely going to be very useful in anything that you're building that's like an action button one. Because basically you're saying, okay, this was this this was my my context at this point my my focus mode my location whatever i'm doing this i'm stopping that's it end of game yeah. finished and so anything that's underneath that you're you're good like it's not going to happen you don't have to worry about that exactly so under the if once you finish telling what to do there is an action called stop this shortcut and in fact mm -hmm. rose did you download the one i sent you my uh, my yes did you see yes, I, yes, did, I, did. I did that I did that. I yes, put the stop but you do have an otherwise in there that I think is possibly slightly unnecessary. But we'll we'll take a look at that later. We'll, we'll later. talk about that. But I just want to know whether or not I earned a Rosemary Orchard Gold Star for doing that because I feel like yes. I I should get at least one. Yes, but that's yes, what you, you do. Did. You make so you make a series of if statements, and the and, and the other reason you want to stop this shortcut is because if you change the um, w let's say that one of your actions, like I've got one that when I leave the studio, I, I've got one of these action button shortcuts for me I, literally changes the focus mode as its last step. So mm -hmm. like if I am under work, I've got one say, you know, stop work. And then it turns out the lights and it switches my focus mode to personal, blah, blah, blah. Well, if I've got the, if personal below, then it's going to run that one too, because I've changed the focus mode, and now the condition that it's going to see with the later if is going to get triggered. I don't want it to do that. I just want it to run once. So that's another reason why the stop this shortcut can avoid uh, anarchy with your uh, shortcut. Uh, but it, it's um, but that's you know the idea of it. If you're doing it based on focus modes, just gather the focus mode, and then have it do an if you know if the focus mode equals this then you can do things we're going to talk in the next segment about what we're actually doing with them but uh, that's a very simple way to set a contextual you know action button that does different things depending on where you are and what you're doing this episode of the automators podcast is brought to you by electric unbury yourself from it tasks and get a free pair Beat Solo 3 wireless headphones when you schedule a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. Turning your small business into an empire takes work, and you have to keep your ear to the ground for things that will help you take it to the next level. But this can be hard when your attention is pulled in different directions, because that's the reality of being a boss. And the team over at Electric knows small businesses maybe like yours face these challenges. That's why they're on hand to help you with the time-consuming parts of your business, like standardized device security with best-in-class device management software, so you can implement best practices across the board and be ready to scale, and employee onboarding and offboarding done for you, saving you an average of eight hours per request. When you try to do your own IT, bringing on and getting rid of employees takes so much time. Electric will do that for you. Plus, Electric will help you keep a single point of visibility into your IT environment to control your devices, networks, and applications, while simplified reporting allows you to achieve and maintain compliance. And proactive IT recommendations and automated workflows make IT easy to manage for even non-technical users. And look, if you're hearing this and you think your company could use some of these services but you're not sure where to start, Electric's experts will guide you through the process of establishing standardized IT processes for your organization. If you're running the business, you need to focus on the business, not the IT. It's really that simple. You're listening to automators right now, and it's totally possible that you could run IT, but you shouldn't. You should let professionals take care of that while you work on the business. If you've made that mistake, and I know I have, you should go check out Electric today. 
And for Automator's listeners, Electric is offering a free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones for taking a qualified meeting. Just go to electric.ai slash automators. Once again, that's electric.ai slash automators. Go there now. Get your free pair of Beats Solo 3 headphones today for scheduling a meeting. And our thanks to Electric for their support of the Automators podcast. All right, Rose, so I talked about checking focus modes, but you have got some based on time. What's the best way to go about that, to have the action button check the time before it tells, decides what you're going to do? Well, first of all, um, I'm sorry, uh, Americans um, and folks who primarily use 12-hour time, uh, you are going to probably want to use 24-hour time to figure out time of day. Um, but we'll circle back to that in a moment. But yeah, I do have things figure, you know, options appear or, or not appear um, somewhat depending on my current time of day. Um, and I say my current time of day because this is relative to where I am in the world. Okay, it's not a, a hard-coded, if it's 9 a.m. in the UK, um, then I want this option showing up. It's, you know, obviously based on my device time. So the first thing that I do is um, I, I, I use uh, a format date action. Okay, and I will format the date to just the time. So I'm removing the time um, from the date. And usually what I can, what I do is I fudge things a bit and I just use hours. Okay. And this is why I use 24 hour hours because then, you know, I, two is 2 AM, 14 is 2 PM. It's very simple to, to figure out, you know, if it's you never make before a mistake. this time or if it's after that time. Yeah. You so, never make a mistake yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, there is, of course, a little bit of a difficulty of, you know, if something is at night, so if it's like after 10 p.m. and before 6 a.m., then then that's a little bit tricky. But what I usually do is I figure out, you know, a logical start time for when I want, you know, options to be appearing. So, for example, work-related options, you know, like maybe starting work early and things like that, I have a, a shortcut for that that I can run um, that's like, hey, you're starting work early, so this is the time you should probably take lunch, this is the time you should probably be finishing for the day and stuff like that. And I want that to appear um, when I'm not in my work focus mode and I want it to appear between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. Okay, so what I do is I format the time. I use 24-hour time um, and I say if time, uh, if the hours are greater than or equal to 7 and less than or equal to 9, then show me this. So theoretically, this will actually show up until 9.59 a.m. As I said, I'm kind of fudging it a little bit, but that's okay because 9.59 a.m., yeah, I will probably have already started work, but I can ignore that option appearing as an extra option um, when I don't need it. But it's easier to kind of just fudge it and be like, okay, if it's between 7 and it's, you know, um, uh, between 7 and 9 a.m., then, you know, that's what I need. Um, and because I format it, what I do is I format the date and I use a format date action with my current date. Okay. And I format it to just the hours, which is HH in capital letters. Um, and then I put that into a number action. And the reason why I put that into a number action is because then I can, um, you know, easily do the is greater than or equal to um, out and the is less than or equal to comparison. Um, there's also is between, uh, which is what I'm actually using for these. So I'm, I'm saying um, if it is between, um, I've, because I want it to appear at like from 7 a.m. onwards, I actually have to say um, that it's from 6 till 10. Um, because uh, between is inside of this range. Okay, so if it's between 7 and 10, it would only appear like at 8 a.m. And, and until 8.59 a.m. And then go away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool. So yeah, that's, that's what I do to start with. Um, and what I try to do is sort of bracket my day into segments. Okay, so I figure out, you know, what do I consider morning? What do I consider lunchtime, afternoon, late afternoon, evening? Should probably be going to bedtime. Should actually be in bedtime. No, really, you should be asleep time and things like that. Um, and, you know, these are, you know, silly names for it. But it's, you know, it's a handy sort of shorthand for figuring out, okay, what am I, what am I considering various times of day? And because I use this in more than one place, uh, I'm, I'm going to throw out a mention to one of our good old friends that we've mentioned as an app before, data jar came up in the last episode um, because um, I have um, all of the times that I consider, you know, like the brackets of my day in data jar because then I can reuse this in multiple shortcuts. So I can say, hey, I consider morning to finish at uh, 12. Okay, 12 noon. 
So, you know, I can just get that out. And if at any point I decide that I want to change it to one, then I can I can do that and I do that in one place and it, it updates everywhere. And that's quite convenient for, for figuring these things out when you want it in multiple places because contexts aren't just for action buttons. They're, they're for, you know, automations in general. So, so yeah, I start, I start with things like that. Um, you, but you can also do, you know, if today is a Tuesday, so I can format the date to just the day of the week, um, and, and, and figure out if it's Tuesday, uh, a trick that you can use in English and German speaking languages and probably some other languages as well. If you format your date with five capital E's, you'll take it down to a single letter. S stands for Saturday and Sunday. Okay, Samstag and Sonntag in German. And so that's a really handy shorthand for figuring out, is it the weekend? Um, you could also do things like uh, get uh, contents of your calendar for calendar events uh, from a holiday calendar to figure out if it's if it's a holiday day. So it would also be weekend. Um, but yeah, I, I generally start with just formatting it for the day of the week and the hour of the day to figure out, you know, what day is it and, and what time in very approximate terms, is it? Um, and that gets me a pretty long way. Nice. And so I mean, and we're doing kind of the same thing because uh, I've got different automations that change focus modes for me through the day for various reasons. It could be set on a clock or what I'm doing or where I'm located. But then the action button is not triggering on time, but it's triggering on what the focus mode. So it's almost like a secondary automation of me changing the focus mode is also changing what action button sees when I pull the trigger. Uh, so there, there's a lot, the, the, the point really is there's a lot of ways to do this. Uh, we were talking earlier about Wi-Fi. You could just have it run a Wi-Fi check. What's the Wi-Fi um, on? Yeah. And if it's the name of your work, then there's one set of actions. And if it's the name of your home, then it's another set. And if it's neither, maybe it's a third set. Um, and that stuff is all pretty simple to set up. I mean, you're just doing a check. It's like so much automation. You get a trigger and then you have an action. And in this case, the trigger is you push the button and it checks to see whatever the context you're using as the basis for it. And uh, one of the points I wanted to make is you don't have to just use one context. Like uh, mine has two contexts. The first one it's checking is, is the device face down? And this also works if it's in my pocket. So I like that it works in either one, but it does an if check. And it says, if it is face down, then what does it do? Well, and, and if it's face down, then it's a silence. It turns on silence. And I, I kind of went back and forth on this because uh, I the way I originally wrote it, it had a more complex shortcut that checked to see if the silent mode is on or off, and then it engaged the opposite of that, or they do have a way where you could toggle it. Um, mm. But I realized I only want that to do one. If I'm pushing it, it's because I want it to be quiet. So yeah. it's an example of getting too smart for your britches with automation. And like, oh, I'm making this really fancy thing that I don't need. All I want is if I push that button and it's face down in my pocket, I want it to shut up. I don't ever yeah. want it to stop shutting up if I do that. So it made yeah. it a really easy shortcut. If if the device is face down or in the pocket, then you just, it, it turns silent on. And I'm using a, a unique trigger for this. It's, it's called a device orientation call. And we just did a show. What was it about a month ago where we talked about other shortcut apps that add actions to shortcuts and actions, the actions app for shortcuts adds the check device orientation. Toolbox yeah. pro does not do that at this point. Correct? No, no, it, it doesn't have a, that specific action, but it, it does have um, some other actions, uh, which can be uh, quite useful for things like this. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, just double checking because uh, we've been uh, working been working on a toolbox pro update and i just want to double check what's in the current uh version yeah. uh, to make sure um but there's things like getting device motion um which can be pretty useful um so that'll tell you you know if the device is currently moving or not moving which could be very very useful well let me just say to you while you're wearing your developer hat that i love that you guys give each other that space that neither of you generally copy the other right it means yeah. that if I yeah. get both apps, I double the number of actions available to me, you know? So, but either way, so the actions app has a thing that checks orientation to see if it's face down. So you've got to get a third party app, but 
Once you get that, I find it super useful. Now, if my phone is face down, it's in my pocket, I reach in, I hold the action button, and it's a silencer, just like it was on every iPhone I've ever owned for my entire life. Um, so that the context of that is the location of the phone. But then I just got done telling you that I'm doing a bunch based on on focus mode too. So, but what I'm doing is I'm using that magic stop the shortcut action. So if it's face down in my pocket, I hold down the action button, it turns it on silent, and that ends the shortcut. So it, it doesn't check. At that point, it doesn't check my focus mode. It doesn't care what my focus mode is. It can I can be in sleep mode or podcast mode or whatever. Uh, so long as my phone is face down or in my pocket, it's going to put it in silent mode. And the important point here is the order that you put these things in, because I made that the very first thing it checks. If I made it the last thing it checks, then it wouldn't work because it's always going to look at the focus mode. It's never going to get to that check. Right. So mm-hmm. the, the you want to order these in order of priority. And like if yeah. the the time of day is more important than the, focus mode or the, you know, the face down status is more important than the focus mode. You got to put it on top. But so that's my first thing is I check uh, to see if the thing is face down and then silence itself. Yeah. And I, I definitely spent a little bit of time sitting down and thinking, okay, what, what do I want my default to be? Um, because the last thing I think that you should be setting yourself up for when you configure something like an action button is I press this button and I'm not a hundred percent certain what it's going to do. That's bad. Yeah. Well, you know, depending on what you've got in there, you know, if if you think you're pressing it and it's going to trigger selling, but you're not 100% certain, is it going to start playing uh, Rise of the Valkyries or something like that at <laughs> yeah. full volume? Because that's kind of the opposite yeah. of what you are hoping for. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, start with the the simple things, the sensible defaults and stuff like that. And then, you know, duplicate your shortcut and experiment from there and then put the duplicated shortcut onto the action button with the old one as a backup and so on. And, you know, you don't have to start with really complex context. You know, you can just say, hey, uh, you know, like turn on this focus mode, like not even toggle this focus mode, just turn it on. Like if yeah. I if I if I press this button, just turn on this focus mode. I'm good. I'm happy with that. Um, and then you can branch out of, OK, so I press my action button and according to my phone, I am in my fitness focus mode. So I would like it to maybe play a playlist for me or maybe start a workout for me. Or, um, you know, an Apple Watch workout, to be clear. Or maybe it can then go, okay, so she pressed the action button. Um, you know, the device isn't locked. And the focus mode is fitness. She's not at home. I'm going to start this workout. She is at home. I'm going to work. I'm going to start this workout and play this music. Um, because when I'm not at home, uh, I don't want my phone randomly blasting out music when I start a workout because, you know, if I'm doing an acrobatics class or a ballet class or something, they tend to provide their own music. So, so adding to the noise is probably not going to make me a lot of friends. Um, but similarly, you know, if I, um, am in airplane mode, I'm going to want totally different things to be happening and airplane mode. That's, that's a nice, uh, you know, easy, easy one to, uh, to, to just sort of think about, you know, if, if you're in airplane mode. Well, what do you want when you're on a plane? Probably music, right? You know, if your AirPods are connected, then then you're probably going to want some music. Um, so, yeah, th- I think try and think of you know the very simple things that are okay. If it's this, that's going to happen. Very simple, done. And what you can do for each of these, um, which I would recommend, maybe create a folder called Action Button, and each of your different you know actions that you would potentially want to happen at different times, create them as a separate shortcut. And then you can just use the run shortcut action. So you can have like, you know, your logic in one place, figuring it all out. And then the actual actions that happen after that, they're just in a separate shortcut. So you can, you know, adjust the logic and move things around without worrying about losing the actual individual actions that you've set up, which could be, you know, it could be two steps. It could be four steps. It could be one step. Um, but it can be really useful to have these as shortcuts. Yeah. And so what Rose just talked about was a, like a ninja level trick because you you trigger another shortcut, then you can have if statements in there and even nest them if you want. And it's still completely readable. It's editable. You don't have to worry about a shortcut that gets overwhelming in size. And I think if you did that, Rose would give you two gold stars. um, Oh, definitely. I I think she would um, because you should do it that way. That's not the way I did it. I just set them up in one because I was having fun playing with it. in It's early days for me. 
but you know what? I think after this break, we need to go through. We need to just get down to it, Rose. We need to share what we're doing with our shortcut buttons. I mean, this is so sneaky, David, because I am just constantly in flux on this. Um, and I, I, I simultaneously know exactly what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm doing because I'm on like my third shortcut action button this week and it's Monday. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to have to figure out which one of these I'm going to talk about. Or maybe I'll talk about all of them and just share one of them. I caught myself before the break. I was calling it the shortcuts button. And that's actually the action button, <laughs> but, yeah, but it, we're running shortcuts from it. So yeah, that's it to me. It's the shortcuts button and that's what it will always be. In fact, one quick side note here, I have an Apple watch ultra that also has an mm-hmm. action button. I am not having nearly as much fun with the watch action button as I am with the phone. I mean, when you have uh-huh. the full shortcuts, the big screen, it just gives you so many more options than the watch action button does. You know, it just, there's yeah. no, the, if you're used to using it on the Apple watch ultra and you're like, it's going to be just like that. No, this is, this is better. But anyway, let me, uh, let me, let's just go through and, and share what we're doing. Um, I'm going to go first Rose Cause I have a feeling yours is more complex than mine. <laughs> um, uh, well, my current iteration of it is very, very simple. It's, it's literally just, you know, giving me a menu with, with two options because, uh, yeah. I have, I've been having a little fun with a, an app that is uh, going to be in Tesla and we'll share about that in a moment, but you can still go ahead and start. So what I do is, like I said before the break is the first thing is I check if it's face down and it's a silence button, which is, you know, the number one goal of this thing. You know, my daughter does a lot of play stuff and I don't ever want to be sitting in a theater and have that thing go off. Um, but after that, then the next thing it does is it checks focus mode and everything for me is based on focus mode. Uh, I have not been tempted to use times and locations and stuff because um, I don't feel the need. The focus mode stuff works so good. And like some of my focus modes are triggered by location already. Like I have a focus mode called Disneyland that's triggered when I'm at Disneyland. So now the action button is naturally going to reflect the Disneyland choices not because it's looking to see my location. It's because my phone's already seen the location and put me in that focus mode. So focus modes for me are what it's all about. And then in them, I've got uh, multiple different actions. And I just literally went through every one of my focus modes and said, what would I like it to do in the case of this? Right. And so uh, as an example, I have one that is, what if there is no focus mode, right? What if you check it and the, none of them are selected? Well, then it triggers an action that lets me select a focus mode because I'm always in a focus mode. I have one called personal. So if I'm not in work, I'm in a personal focus mode. So then, so then it says, well, what happens if you're in the focus, the personal focus mode? Well, then there's a couple things. I'm using a choose from menu like I was talking about earlier, but this is a choose from menu that only works on personal stuff because I'm in the personal mode. So um, I've got one here to run my nap timer because I like to take a nap. I've got one uh, to open Kindle so I can read a book. I've got one to track time because I track time all day. I've got one that takes me to a specific website where I can make a reservation for Disneyland because that's how we roll in the Sparks family. And um, I also have one uh, in there to check my print because I've been having so much fun with this 3D printer and my printer has a, an app. And sometimes I just want to check the status of the print. I hold down the action button, click check print. It opens up the app and shows me because there's a little camera in my printer. Mm-hmm. The The last one in all of my focus modes is new focus mode. Because sometimes I just want to change a focus mode. And I know there's a million ways I can do that. But since I've got an action button here, I went ahead and added that as well. So that's my personal list. Uh, any comments, Rose, on that before I move on to the next one? Uh, no, I mean, I think that works really well for somebody like you who's nearly always in focus modes um, yeah. and, and so on. You know, I don't live my life inside of focus modes. I tend to exactly. have focus modes on and then my default is off, um, though, to be honest, I'm mostly in a focus mode, but my default isn't in a focus mode. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's a, a really smart way of doing it. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like the idea of uh, the, the the Disney one in particular. I, and Disney and the 3D printer, are you just using the the open app actions for those to, to open the app? Yeah. Well, no, the Disney one. Okay. You want me to give you a rant on the Disneyland app? Because I could. It is, it is terrible. But uh, in the Disneyland app, if you want to make a reservation, it kicks you out to a browser 
and goes to a specific web page, and then it makes you log in every time you do it, the username and password, and then it sends you a confirming email that you just logged in to the website, and then it shows you the available reservations. It's the most asinine thing I've ever seen. But so what I did is I just copied the URL and then I just have it jump to the web page to skip the app entirely. Um, but it, they still did. They, they even made it worse recently. That used to be a thing where the username and password were one screen. So, and with, you know, one password or, or Apple passwords, I could just have it autofill, but now it's got to go through two screens. It, it's nuts. But anyway, that's going, that's a URL call. It's just going to a web page. But the the printer is just opening an app. And these things don't need to be super difficult. Mm, yeah. The uh, For podcasting, I have a podcasting focus mode. Um, same thing. But uh, some of the stuff I do, I have one called Check Time. It gives me the time in London for uh, so I know what time it is for Rose. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've got one called Notify Sparks Prime. It's just a text message, a pre-canned text message to my family. That says, guys, I'm recording for the next two hours. Leave me alone. And uh, I have a light outside my window, my door here that turns on, but my family isn't always respectful of that or they just don't look at it. So uh, I send them a text too, but I also have the ability to turn the recording light off, off or on uh, and some other stuff for podcasting. You know, all these are just, the whole idea here is to just pick what is it you want it to do? Like I, I have a Disneyland focus mode, which is f- triggered by location. So if I hold the action button down and and iPhone says, hey, he's in Disneyland mode, then there's no menu. It just opens a camera. It says, okay, well, he's at Disneyland. He probably wants to take a picture, open the camera. There's no nothing to choose from. So I'm getting the benefit of a dedicated action button for just one thing, open the camera. But it only does that when I'm at Disneyland. Uh, when I'm doing just general work with Max Sparky, I can start up and shut down work and some other things. Um, I've got one called Production where when I'm recording and there's a whole bunch of different lighting rigs and stuff I do in the studio. And I've got the ability to trigger all of those off the action button. And uh, let's see here. What else have I got? Oh, when I'm in the car, this was a clever one when I'm driving, I didn't know what to do with that one. Right. I mean, you don't have to do something for everyone, but I wanted to. So if I hold down the action button when I'm driving, it gets my current location and texts it to my wife. I don't have to even look at the screen. It's like it's just like the toggle sleep and wake, right? If the car is in driving mode, my phone is down kind of on the side of me because it's connected to CarPlay. I don't know if I'll ever use this because I could also, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'll ever use it, but I added one where if I hold down the action button while I'm driving, it sends my wife my location. I don't know. Can you think of a better use for that? I don't know. I mean, you could just have it uh, play like a particular playlist or continue playing an overcast or something like that. Um, that's what I've set mine to do because I do tend to have um, my phone um, on a charger in the car. Um, yeah. You know, I, I my, my clothing is not always blessed with the luxury of pockets um, and definitely not pockets that necessarily fit a phone. Yeah. Uh, if you if I ever find a dress that will actually have pockets that fits a phone, I'm, I'm so excited and I have to buy the dress immediately, of course. Um, but uh yeah, it's, you know, so I, I tend to have to put my phone and then also I'm putting it on charge. So it's definitely not going to be flat when I get where I'm going. Um, and so I, I just have the action button uh, trigger uh, a playlist um, for me um, of uh, music um, or um, and and this is uh, where I've got a little bit smarter um, because I have, I've been working on the shortcut for a while. Um, it figures out kind of based on um, time of day, basically, um, if I will probably want to listen to a podcast or music. And then just goes from there and goes, okay, I'm going to play this playlist or I'm going to, you know, um, play this podcast. It's not perfect. doesn't always get it right. Um, but it it does give me, you know, most of the time, I'd say like 90% of the time it gets it right. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty good. And if I know that I want a specific thing, then it's easy enough to tap on CarPlay before I start driving to, to just start those. But most of the time I can just press the action button and off it goes. Yeah, I have one for sleep mode if I'm in the sleeping focus mode. And it's currently a choose from menu. Uh, the main one is capture thought. It's a drafts action. Just create a draft with dictation. Like in the middle of the night, you're thinking about something and your mind gets on a loop. And you're like, okay, I need to write this down so I can like, let go of it and go to sleep. So I just trigger that and I just talk real quick to my phone and then it captures the thought and then I'm, I'm good. Um, I think I'm going to change this action uh, button to remove the menu and just make it capture thought. I also have options to open up the Kindle app and 
do a couple other things. But I, you know, I, I should, in bed, I should be sleeping. I shouldn't be opening Kindle app. So I think I'm going to change that one to just capture thought. And um, do not disturb to me is like the time when I'm really focused on a project. I don't want to be bothered. And I have it where it can play a thunderstorm through dark noise. I also have a capture thought one in there. Because if you're working on something hard and random thoughts appear that don't relate to what you're working on, it's nice to be able to capture those and move on. But uh, so what I've done basically is just gone through each focus mode. Some of them have a single action like Disneyland. Others have a menu that I can choose from. But, you know, no matter what I'm doing, if I hold down the action button, I get generally a list of the stuff that I need to see. And I've been refining it over time and I've been really enjoying it. This is a great automation exercise because you can learn all sorts of cool stuff with shortcuts while you're at it. Mm, yes. And I think that's the thing, you know, the, the action button is, uh, you know, one of those things where it seems like, well, I'll, I'll just use it to trigger silent mode. Okay, but if I'm in silent mode and I press it again, maybe actually I want it to put on do not disturb for me and things like that. Now, you're not necessarily going to be able to get the status of all of these. So you, you might have to, you know, do something smart and figure it out another way. Um, but, um, you know, it it is, you know, one of those things where you can absolutely, um, you know, take advantage of the fact that you have a button on your phone that can do magic when you press it. And you are the person who can say what magic it does. And I'm sure some of you are going, I'm not smart enough to do this. I can't figure this out. I promise you, you can start by just having a look at the actions and shortcuts for, because things like silent mode. Okay. If you want to toggle silent mode, you don't need to figure out if silent mode is on or if silent mode is off. You can just use the silent mode action and then change it from turn on and turn off to toggle the turn the turn on, turn off bit has a toggle option. So you actually don't need to write a bunch of logic in there. The actions will do it for you. And this is the really great advantage of shortcuts because it can, you know, just hide a bunch of magic under the hood and make things happen um, for you. So, you know, that that is one of the reasons why I really love it. So, Rose, share your super action shortcut with us. Well, so I'm on, as I mentioned, my third iteration like today. Um, and um, that's because the, the reason for this is uh, something I, I kind of mentioned earlier. Um, so Alex Hay uh, had an app that was in beta before uh, he he passed away and it was very popular with some folks. So we've been going through it, doing a couple of polishes and updates. Um, and we are announcing a public test flight of menu box where you can make really lovely pretty menus uh, for shortcuts with icons in and it can give you different bits of data on the output um, and things like that you can create these menus in shortcuts you can add to them and modify them and all sorts of fabulous things um, which is great and you know I've been playing with that a lot so my, when I say my action button's been in flux I'm I'm really not kidding I'm on, like my, my third shortcut using menu box today um I am going to just have a, a little, um, you know, side note of something I, I need to file feedback about, and uh, I would like other folks to file feedback about it, this as well. I really wish I could get the battery status of other devices from my phone in shortcuts, like my watch and my AirPods, because one of the things that I have been um, uh, experimenting with as part of my action button is prompts to do the things that really need doing. Um, so for example, if it's after 11 p.m. and I press my action button, the first menu item that appears at the top is just titled, go to bed. It's very simple. Okay. <laughs> because it's a reminder, hey, you're messing around on your phone, you're doing whatever, go to bed. And it's, you know, it's it's just an attempt to help me. I'd really love it if it could say, charge your watch, because uh, I switched from an Apple Watch Ultra. I've got still got my Apple Watch Ultra. Um, uh, but, uh, I, I, I switched down to a series nine cause I wanted to experiment with the, uh, the tap actions, um, where you tap your finger and thumb together, which is going to be coming in, in the, uh, next release of watch OS. Um, and oh my gosh, has that been a learning curve to remember that I have to charge my watch? <laughs> it feels like I'm running out of charge. Like every five minutes, it's like, when did I last charge it two days ago. Ah, that explains why it's on 1% battery. I should definitely charge that again. So yeah, I wish I could do that. But one of the things that I always have um, in my action uh, button menu is a simple capture action. Now, this capture action is very, very simple. It opens drafts and it opens drafts to a particular workspace 
uh, with a new draft. Um, so I then have a series of actions in the action button row, which appears above the keyboard, which allows me to do things like input dates and things like that. So if I'm capturing a task or whatever, then I can easily add a date to it um, and, and times and stuff like that, uh, which has been extremely helpful for my productivity, just being able to quickly capture things um, and, and dump them into the system, which is part of the trusted system. Um, and I don't use dictation on this because there's a dictation button right on the keyboard. So I can just open that in drafts. Um, and I also have the, you know, magic drafts dictation option in, in there as well, if I want it. Um, but yeah, so my first option is, uh, possibly reminding me that I should be doing something like going to sleep. Um, and my second option is always capture. Um, the next option that appears um, is contextual. It depends on whether or not there's something in my calendar in the next 90 minutes. Um, now, I need to work on refining this a little bit because honestly, if I have a podcast recording any time today, I would also like that to be present. Uh, but if I have a, a calendar event within the next 90 minutes, um, it appears in there. Um, and then when I tap on that um, calendar event, uh, it it gives me, um, you know, the option of uh, getting the details of it or preparing for the event. Um, so, you know, when when that one gets tapped, it's just preparing for the event is, you know, it's running a shortcut that, you know, will open up relevant notes if they exist and create them if they don't exist and, and things like that with little templates. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's the first sort of series of things. Um, the next segment tends to be the time-dependent ones. So at the moment, this is predominantly um, things like starting work early um, and stuff like that, which will appear. Um, and I will use context, time, and focus mode contexts, um, possibly together, possibly separately, to to trigger those. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that that's that bit. Um, and then um, other than that, uh, it is very much dependent on focus mode. So um, if it's driving, I mentioned before, it's it's going to either play music or play a podcast through the run shortcut action. Um, if it is uh, my work focus mode, um, it actually does exactly, you know, um, what, what I've talked about here, but it also has um, a separate option for um, like uh, open um, Obsidian to my notes uh, for work um, specifically. So I can go straight into my work notes in Obsidian, which can be very useful. Um, and, um, yeah. And then podcasting, um, I need to work on this one because I would really like it to figure out which podcast I'm recording and to pop up things a little bit differently. Like, um, you know, uh, if I've got an automated podcast anytime today, I'd love it to give me the option to open the show notes for today and things like that. But I think I need to, to work on refining that just a little bit before I can really, uh, take advantage of that. Yeah, it would be so easy to solve this problem. Just give us more focus modes, right? I mean, it's just not that hard. I mean, yes, that, yes. that still drives me nuts that we only get 10. It's such an arbitrary yeah. number. You know? Yes, but I have finally found a use case, uh, David, for the set focus mode filter um, because um, that, that has allowed me to sort of duplicate some settings um, across focus modes. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's been quite useful for things like that. Well, I am loving this action button and it delights me every time I pick it up and like before we started recording today, I picked it up, I held it down, I hit the turn the recording light button on on my phone and it turned on outside the door and that is that's golden. Or like when we went to Disneyland a week and a half ago and I saw something fun and I just held up my phone and held up the action button and it opened up the camera for me because I was at Disneyland. I think this is great. And I, I think this is a real opportunity for people who listen to this show to make their phone do some cool tricks, share the love of automation, frankly, when your mm. friends and family see that it does different things for you, depending on where you're at or what you're doing, they're going to want you to show them how you did that. So you can kind of flex your automator muscles. Yeah. Is your wife still using uh, that NFC trick that you set up for her, David, where she scans her magic band from Disney, then it will open the app for her? Uh, yes, but we don't use the magic bands in Anaheim very often because they're, mm. they're much more useful in Florida. But yeah, I, it's great. It, it, I mean, she hasn't been to Florida in some time, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's awesome. 
just thinking, maybe now you have a 3D printer, you should print her Disneyland California special magic band yeah. that she can wear for Disney California, which will have uh, an NFC chip in it that will, uh, you know, do do Disneyland California things for her. Well, well she has. We, Disneyland California now has magic bands, but mm. they don't do anything. I mean, like they get you, they'll get, it'll be your ticket. It'll get you in a park. It'll get you on rides. But in Florida, it opens your hotel room and it, you know, you can buy stuff with them and they're just much more useful in Florida. So she has one that she never wears. So I don't need to even print her one. She, she just doesn't wear it. Maybe if you 3D printed her something really cool, she would wear it more because it's, it would just be super funky with her own special custom Mickey or Minnie design on there that you've drawn out for her. Yeah. Or a year or two from now, when she inherits this phone, I'm going to take all the automation off. And anytime she, uh, She'll hold the action button. It's just going to be Mickey's voice saying, hi, Daisy, how are you today? And she'll think that's <laughs> the greatest thing in the world. But the, I uh, mean, yeah. honestly, this is something that folks should definitely look into doing for, for their friends and family members. Like have have like a cute voice say something as they press the action button unless they're in silent mode, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, because that, that could be really useful uh, for, for folks like that. And the action button on the Ultra, you you touched on this before, David. It's, it's not as good as the phone. This is one of the reasons why... Um, you know, I I had the Ultra last year. I'm keeping the Ultra for for testing purposes and and you know to you know periodically try out with things. Um, but first of all, the Ultra action button seems slow in comparison to the the action button on the iPhone. Um, and secondly, it it just yeah it it you know you you create a shortcut and that doesn't appear in the list that you can choose because some action in there doesn't sync over to your to your watch and that's why it's not working. Um, but it's not obvious that you've done that. And so, you know, you remove a bunch of actions and then it appears. So you select it and then you add some actions back and then it stops working. And it's it's really tricky um, to to figure out what is going to work and what isn't going to work there. So, yeah, it's it's a shame that the action button on the Ultra isn't more customizable. You know, you can do things like Apple Watch workouts and stuff from there, which, you know, I really loved. Um, but because it was so slow, I found myself just adding complications to a watch face and tapping those instead. So I, I tried to make the ultra button work. I wrote a shortcut for it. And because, you know, you don't really have the screen access you do with the iPhone and you're right, it executes them slowly. And I have to make an automator's admission here. I'm just using it to start workouts now because I just kind of gave up trying to make it run shortcuts for me where I had just the opposite experience with the phone. The action button on the phone is super useful for shortcuts. But mm. well, anyway, I don't want to end it on a downer. If if you've got a new phone with an action button, try this out. Rose and I will share some in the notes that you can download and uh, and use it as a kicking off point. But this stuff is yes. fun and there's a lot you can do with it. And it is truly useful automation. I mean, you pick up your phone and you push a button on it and it gives you exactly what you need based on where you're located or what time of day it is or what focus mode you're in. That's that's useful stuff. So please give it a try. Let us know what you're doing. I'm sure some of our listeners are going to have better ideas than we did. I'd love to hear them back from you. Maybe we'll oh, yeah. add it to a feedback episode. Uh, but let us know. Yeah. And also, you know, I mentioned earlier, there's uh, that uh, that menu box beta because, you know, we, we really want to get Alex's app out there. We're also going to be uh, releasing uh, an update to Toolbox Pro, folks. Um, but unfortunately, this one comes with a little bit of a warning. Uh, when Apple transferred the app to us, um, they the the way that it, it worked out is that uh, if we when we update this, global variables and uh, bookmark folders are going to disappear. And there's literally nothing we can do about this um, other than help you get it back if you've got a Mac. So I'm saying this now, um, if you're using global variables or bookmark or folder bookmarks in Toolbox Pro, please back them up um, to make your life easier and therefore our lives easier. And we're very, very sorry. There's there's no way that we can not break that uh, when we do the update. Um, and we do need to do the update because Apple Music has uh, uh, got a little bit of a, uh, a weirdness that we've, we've figured out how to work around for that. Um, but the good news is, is we've also got that menu box beta and menu box is such a good pairing with the, with the action button. Uh, honestly, it's, it's so much fun. I, I love having all the different icons and things there that really, you know, if I, you know, when I'm getting a menu to appear, it's actually a really nice looking menu that, you know, looks like it's part of the UI. So that's, that's one of the things that I, I really like about, you know, a good shortcut. It can really, you know, just 
it doesn't feel like a shortcut. It doesn't feel like a hack. It feels like it's part of the phone experience. Yeah, I'm going to be digging in on that. I just got in the beta myself. I can't wait to give that a try. And the you know the nature of Toolbox Pro is it's always going to be evolving. I would think because Apple is going to Sherlock some of the stuff you guys do as they add it to their own features or make changes. But the good news is you know the Toolbox Pro team has a list of mile long of stuff they want to add. If it were only a mile long, our life would be so much easier. Our, <laughs> our task management system is literally exploding at the seams with all of the the feature requests that we've got and our ideas of our own and things like that that we've we've got in there. So it's you know don't like send send requests in please do folks um you know we, we're always happy to hear them but uh we have so many requests and it's it's genuinely amazing to see how much uh love uh there is and, and has been for alex hay um and we've passed a whole bunch of that on to his family as well you know letting them know you know the the lovely things that people have said which you know is why we took over the apps well, I just love that Toolbox Pro is back under active development, and I, I will be looking forward to every new release, Rose, and thanks for sharing that with us. Meantime, if you've got that button on your phone and you're not using it, spend some time this week and use it. Look at the stuff we're sharing with you from the show. Let us know what you're doing. The action button is a lot of fun, and it's, a, it's some great automation. Uh, we are the Automators Podcast. You can find us at relay.fm slash automators. Uh, We want to thank our sponsor for this episode. That's our friends over at Electric and uh, check them out. On Automators, Max, Rose and I are going to talk about some other stuff we're automating these days. So stay tuned if you're on the ad-free extended version of the show. We got more for you. Otherwise, we will see you next time. Goodbye, folks.